This yeah. is Frankly Speaking <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. See, <laughs> I'll be catching you staring. Be careful. The idle mind is a dangerous place to be left in. But keep your eyes on me. Yeah, your heart don't stand a chance. Mm. It feels like it's been far too long. Your knees can't hold your legs. Your feet just want to pace. The eyes keep me all in the trance. Let me ask you. Mm. Would you leave it all in the back of your head? What it do, what it do, what it do. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, you know, Frank G. And we back. We are back after a few months of deliberation and hiatus i got nervous coming back onto the podcast it was like i was starting all over again uh been traveling you know went to mexico in that time i've been gone uh it's so much that's been that's just been happening and it's hard to keep up it is really intimidating you know and it's difficult to try and surmise what's the next topic of the podcast when you've got so much movement in every direction. And I'm like, man, like, how do I keep up and bring good content and, and, and topics and discussion points to the podcast? So those of you, excuse me, who listen to the podcast, aren't lost in the translation you know because there's you can't you i really could chase every little itty bitty little big story or a little big article that i read for example there i found i came across a research paper uh on the pew research uh think tank you know on their website there and it's massive. It was written in about five years ago, 2018, which makes it all the more nefarious when you if you really sit down and read through this thing. It's it's you know, it's a research paper. It's massive. And these people have went around and did the legwork of everything that you're seeing happening now. The experts in the field at the time were already talking about it. And saying that what they were afraid of, their fears, they have a section in this research paper here that states, you know, the topic is concerns about the future of people's well-being in relation to the title of the research paper is the future of well-being in a tech saturated world. And I should tell you everything you need to know. And you go through here 
and it's and these people are experts in the field stanford university professors you know york university in toronto doctors from there and all you know all of these people talking about you know this particular section concerns about the the future of people's well-being i'll link to it if you're interested uh again it's very long but it's worth the read because i think it'll be a good foundation for those of you who are truly into what's happening right now with the tech world because we are truly at a crossroads right now especially with everything that's going on with chat gpt um these tech companies and how they're coming into existence and disappearing the next day you know the next couple of months and you know google and microsoft and open ai which is the uh gener- progenitor of chat gpt if you're unaware of that uh then you have you know what's going on with google's own barb barb is google's version of chat gpt which you know google is the creator of the technology in general you know and uh even though this this episode is not about tech this is just me just talking about after being away from so long and watching all of this develop over the last five months or so i could i'm just so excited i just couldn't wait to get back and you know bring that up but that's another uh whole different episode right so this episode title is heart doesn't stand the chance again heart as in your heart our heart don't stand a chance and that song that you heard in the beginning is also by the same title by anderson pack you know he said it feels like you've been away from far too long you know and i have been i've been away for far too long and you know that's what we're going to talk about tonight does the heart does our heart really stand a chance whether that's against technology, because your heart is truly your brain or it should be because you want to lead and think with your heart. You see what I'm saying? And feel with your mind. And if you can strike that balance, you're in a very, very good place, especially with what is coming down the pike in the next few years or so. So, um, yeah. And uh, so with that, let's get in to the topic. All right. So the topic, as I mentioned a few minutes, uh, seconds ago, minutes ago, feels like feels like minutes ago. Is. Heart don't stand a chance under duress. Mm hmm. Your heart doesn't stand a chance under duress. And the word duress is going to be at the focal point of the episode because I I really do think that word underlines all of the woes that we're experiencing 
in this lifetime in this in these realities that we you know exit and enter every day and let me start off by saying or just speaking the definition of duress so the given definition of duress if you are to you know look it up and whatever your favorite search engine is uh, duress means threats violence constraints or other actions brought to bear on someone to do something against their will or better judgment i'm gonna read that two more times threats violence constraints or other actions brought to bear on someone to do something against their will or better judgment threats violence constraints or other actions brought to bear on someone to do something against their will or better judgment and you can even take you know it says threats and violence here threats violence constraints constraints meaning con restrictions sanctions you can change this word with a lot of different words like the ones i just mentioned restrictions sanctions you know all of those type of things and I read it three times because think about everything you've been going through in our lives recently and even in the past and at what stage did you not have a threat violence or a restriction or sanction or constraints placed upon you or other actions to make you do something against what you actually wanted to do or your better judgment at what point in your life did you not have these things over top of you i can tell you now that you didn't have it because at every stage of development of our lives we had a threat some type of violence a constraint of some sort placed upon us to do something that we didn't want to do or against our better judgment and that's from childhood to adolescence to young adult <laughs> to full adult to elderly you see and the, the duress causes trauma by itself just knowing that you're gonna get that ass whooped if you didn't do what the adult told you to do even though you knew that's not what you wanted to do that was against your will at that time to do any or anything that they wanted you to do but they threatened you with violence and or put or all three they threats the violence and the constraint and that was instilled in us since childhood you know and yeah some of the parents out there who are now parents who used to you know we used to be children we said oh man that's not that's not the same it's very much the same 
It's very much the same. Now, whether or not them children had to clean up or not is one another whole you know piece of it. You still threatened them. You still did violence on them. You know, smacked them or whatever the case may be. You took their TVs away or you limited their movement for however long of time. That's the rest. Because they know if they don't do what you want them to do, and that's the key point, what you want them to do, then those one of those three things are going to happen. That's living under duress. And that's not necessarily our fault or their fault. It's just the way that we were taught to rear children. You know, this this episode is not even about children. It's just about the rest and where it starts right now in this example. So we get a little older, you know, get in the schools with other people around. We start socializing and then the rest comes in a different way. You got the rest from the school. Oh, well, if you don't pass this, then you're we're going to fail you. And you're you're going to be, you know, laughing stock or you're going to be this or you're going to be left behind by all your other friends. Go on to the next grade. How many people heard that? You know, that's a constraint. Because you didn't want to do something. And they basically forced you to do it because you didn't want to be left behind. You didn't want that limitation on your movement, per se. Right. That's also, in a way, that could be violence. And then let's, let's fast forward a little bit. Now you're in, you know, middle school, going into high school. Now you're starting to have little boyfriends and girlfriends. And then the rest shows up in relationships. And this one really does a number on a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? You get into the relationship, you know... You having fun and they start saying, you know, things like, oh, you better not do this or you better not do that or you shouldn't hang out with this person. You shouldn't hang out with that person or I'm going to hit you or I'm going to show everyone that video or whatever the case may be. We all had our own little run ins with that kind of thing. It's also duress. So then we fast forward again, you know, we we work our way through those things. You know, some of us better than others. And then we graduate, we go to college for some of us. Or we go into the workforce. And then the rest shows up in different ways there. You know, college is more the same that you went through with school. Same type of relationships. You know, same sort of dynamics. You know, you're just a little older now. You know, you, you've, your body, you've grown into your body a little more. You look a little cuter than you did in high school. With the same relationships, the same same dynamic. And now you just have a little bit more freedom and you can drink a little bit. <laughs> right. So the duress is the same there. But then for those of us who went into the workforce, instead of going directly to college. Now you're under a different set of threats and constraints. And I hope that, you know, you all are starting to see the pattern here that I'm trying to trying to show when it comes to duress, because they and just in in my view, 
you know, when I was sitting down over the last, you know, a few months and I'm really looking at this and I'm looking at these people's behaviors and I'm look trying to be objective and look at this in totality. Whether it's, you know, the, the political arena or it's just everyday mundane day to day things that I see people doing out on the streets and passing by in the malls. And I'm like, why are these people acting like this? What what is causing this type of behavior? You know, it's it, this energy harvesting that's happening. Why? You know, especially emotional energy harvesting. Like, what is, where is this coming from? You know what I'm saying? And I racked my brain and I, it froze me from doing the podcast because I, I felt like I didn't have an answer. And I didn't, I did not have an answer at the time. And I don't know if this is the correct answer, but this is, this is as far as I got. And I got to a point where I was like, I have to do a, another podcast. The, the people, the people are waiting, you know, and I was waiting because I'm not doing this for cloud or anything like that. I'm doing this for my soul because my soul says I have to speak out because I'm not going to be part of the problem. I'm not going to be those people who see something and don't say anything. I refuse. I'm not going to do that. I'm actually, uh, I, I find myself to be a decent human being. Therefore there's, uh, tenants that decent human beings follow. And when they see something happening, they say something, especially in this arena, in this kind of manner. So I digress a little bit, but you know, you see the, I hope you see the pattern that I'm trying to, trying to work out here with, in far in terms of the rest. So I start digging some more about the rest. Right. And it took me down a, a couple different rabbit holes. Most of the time, if you're searching for the rest, you're going to come up with a lot of legal stuff. Because that's a defense. I was under duress. He, you know, I made that decision under duress, blah, 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 blah. And it's a viable defense. And I think it's a very strong defense. And it's kind of hard to disprove duress. You know. And. So I look into, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking I'm like duress. Okay. You know, see the legal terms. But one, this one passage in particular st- stood out to me. About duress. And it said. Quote, the defense of duress typically has three these elements. Sorry. There is an immediate threat or death or serious bodily injury to the actor or the person. That's what the when they say actor. The actor has a well grounded fear that someone would carry out the threat. Right? The actor has no reasonable opportunity for escape except by committing the unlawful act. So all three of those sound like 
I hate to say it, but government or the workplace. You know, if you don't follow their laws or if you disagree with their laws, what do they do? You have an immediate threat of death and serious bodily injury, especially what was happening with all of the, you know, the police brutality things that's been going on forever. Uh, that's the rest because there is an immediate threat of death or serious bodily injury to the individual who doesn't comply with them. And we've seen this not only in just police brutality, we've seen this in other arenas such as, you know, mysterious deaths of billionaires because they might've spoken out, disappearances of people, disappearances of holistic doctors, disappearance of whistleblowers, who told the truth, who came out to the people and told the truth and what was going on, you know, and what happens to those people. You never hear from them again. That is living under duress. You know, the person having a healthy fear, like, yo, man, I can't say this because they're going to kill me or yo, man, I can't say this or they're going to hurt my family or whatever other combination of things that we've heard and seen. Whether it was in a movie or whether it was in the news articles when it came out later. Or you have cases where, in this case, the actor has no reasonable opportunity for escape. Except but to commit the unlawful act. And this This last one here, that last one that I just read, kind of speaks to being in the workforce almost. Because you don't have any real opportunity to escape some of these, you know, some of these jobs. These jobs, you know that these jobs are taking advantage of people. These companies and corporations, these fast food companies, if you're working in hospitality, you know, these banks, insurance companies, et cetera, et cetera, on down the list. You're when you work for these people, you're complicit. Because you know going into it that these people are what they are. You know that these company and corporations are doing what they're doing. You knew that before you even took the job. You know? And what choice, what reasonable opportunity for escape did you have? Yeah, you could have said no. You could have decided to be someone who decided not to participate in the system altogether and just, you know, be a a homeless person, a, a true homeless person, not a panhandler, but a true homeless person. You could have took that route. Because there's a difference between the homeless and panhandlers. Panhandlers, you see them on the corners begging for money. And most of the time they look in health, you know, pretty, pretty decent shape. A lot of the time they're in very good shape. They look like they're they can work and do something instead of just, you know, putting their hand out, say, give me because you got it. Then you have the ones that you see if you live in a larger city. You see these people huddled up in um, 
at night you see them sleeping in the in the doorways of the you know of the um town homes on the steps and those things they're not bothering you they're just laying there you see them walk by with their cart they're not asking for anything those are the people who decided i will no longer participate in this nonsense and those are real human beings on the planet because everyone else is, is under duress you know you've taken the best option or the best course of action that you possibly could but you still had to commit the unlawful act and that was to aid these companies and these individuals or whoever whatever combination of the two uh and what they're doing and their goals just to get by just to make some money you know and when you're under duress it's not just from you know other people or a society there's forces in the society that also can put you under duress you're in duress in all those situations with money you know because the threat there is if you don't go do what you need to do you ain't gonna have nothing we all know what we need to use money for right working I, i mentioned that you know the government in terms of taxes or they'll lock you up if you disagree with this or now They'll lock your ass up if you even speak out against whatever order of the day is. Whatever they tell you coming off CNN, if you disagree, then they call you all kind of names. And they'll lock you up if you say something on social media about it. They'll come to your house and literally tell you, oh, you're under arrest for what you said on Twitter. How many, you know, articles and first news stories was about that the censoring so you are under duress even if you think you're not even if you're listening to this thinking you're not you 100% are and I, and I, I need to drive that point home because your very behavior is dictated because you're under duress they done told you if you don't act a certain way or you don't uh, behave in this way that we're putting in front of you, then you're not going to be married. You're not going to no one's going to like you if you don't wear this. You know, the threat is doesn't necessarily have to be serious death or, you know, bodily injury. It could be you could be a, you if you don't follow this way, if you don't act like this then you're not going to have a job. We're not going to allow you to work. Didn't they not do that with the vaccine thing? Don't they not do that in a, in a an indirect way, kind of, with the beauty industry? If you're not hip on that makeup, if you're not hip on the new, you know, Gucci or whatever bag and all that kind of stuff, you're a bum and nobody going to want you. That's a threat and that's a constraint. That's a indirect, that's a that's a sanction by proxy is what that is by proxy of you not participating then you're not good you're not going to be you know no one's going to want you that type of stuff and then the you know i spoke about how the the, the rest shows up in you know relationships vaguely but then the other one is in the big one that's happening right now is the technology 
And that technology is media. And the big one is social media. Now you have something called a chat GPT that is, you know, been in the in the news a lot lately. And the thing's been around that AI has been around for a long time. You know, it was it's an open source technology that was kind of founded by Google. And, and what happened was the reason why it was created was because Google was trying to make their translator better. You know, they wanted it so good to the point where you can have a two way conversation and the tech would automatically translate in real time your language to the opposing language and from the opposing language back to your language they wanted that real time and this is what and this is where the um chatbots as they call them were birthed out of that technology because the core of the technology is this it's a predictive algorithm so basically it has to predict and with a very high accuracy what's going to be what's going to happen next what's going to be set next so it can translate in real time so for those of you who uh at work and you're using microsoft 365 and you're chatting you know if you use the web application Right. If your company, you know, you log in and use the web application of 365, you may see this. Or if you are typing in any platform and there's a predictive, you know, they put the word next that you might that it thinks you're going to say if you use Apple's uh, iPhones or the Android iPhones, they have a predictive text that it's going to guess what the words are that you're going to use. That's the type of technology that Google created. You see, they they pretty much perfected that. And um, that's what the chat GPT is based off of. It's a predictive algorithm. It's a predictive super machine. And they took um, a bunch of, you know, they cornered it off. They turned it off the Internet and they fed it like, you know, 300 years worth of stuff. And then they brought it back out, you know, because they have like different iterations of it that you can go. If you go to open AI's website, you can actually interact with the older bots. The most recent bot before the chat GBT, for example, is uh, I think it's chat three or something. Three GP three GPT three is what it's called. It's called GPT three, I believe. And I don't have it up in front of me, but that I believe that's what the name was. I've used it before a while ago, but I think it's called GPT-3. They got a GPT-2 and a GPT-1. And the GPT-3 pretty much does everything chat GPT does, but it just won't. It won't have a one-to-one conversation with you. The chat GPT will. But, you know, that little side note in, you know, I brought up that Pew Research before and I wanted to I, I as I said I read through most of it it's a long read but it's an important read right and they had a section here here it is digital duress 
And this is the part of the technology duress that I wanted to kind of get into. I don't know if I'll, uh, maybe I can. Um, so what it says here is digital duress, quote, information overload plus declines in trust and face-to-face -face skills. So information overload plus declines in trust and face-to-face -face skills plus poor interface design equals rise in stress, anxiety, depression, inactivity, and sleepiness. And they're calling this digital duress. Now, we know what the definition of duress was because I, I, I read it earlier. And let's matter of fact, just for the for the sake of it, let's see let's see here what the other definitions of duress is. Hmm. Alright. So the rest comes from Latin and it came from hard. It was the the origin of it. Duros meaning hard. Uh duress, harshness, severity, cruel treatment is what it used to mean. Okay. So you can see how that went from harshness, severity, cool treatment to threats, violence, constraints, and other actions brought to bear on someone to do something against their will, better judgment, you know, and so we got that under our belt. So let's go back to the research here. So let's read this. Let's try to start over here. So now that we got that other piece of the rest, what it used to mean originally, again, you know, uh, the harshness, severity, or cruel treatment. So let's see if we can add that into digital duress, harshness, severity, or cruel treatment. Digital duress, digital harshness, severity, or cruel treatment. Information overload, plus declines in trust and face-to-face -face skills, plus poor interface design. And when they say interface design, they're meaning uh, the social media apps how terribly they they look and how terrible they design because they're all they are piss poor and equals rise in stress anxiety depression inactivity and sleeplessness so that's harsh and cruel treatment sleeplessness you know how important sleep is inactivity movement is life life is movement we did a pocket we did an episode on that life is movement depression anxiety stress those are a part of the seven. So that I did a episode on. So it goes on to say here, quote, a swath of rep respondents agree that a, as digital life advances, it will damage some individuals. self sense of self, their understanding of others and their faith in institutions. They project that as these technologies spread, they will suck up people's time and attention and some will be overwhelmed to the point that they often operate under duress in a near constant state of alert. Paranoia <laughs> is what they're saying. The technology is going to cause paranoia. So the duress 
or the threat from the technology is what they just said here. So the threat from the technology because of its overuse or its use in general because of how invasive it is. And as they said, the threat of the use is as digital life advances, it will damage people's self-esteem, their understanding of others or their face-to-face -face skills and their faith in institutions, right? They say as it spreads, they will suck up people's time. Doesn't it already do that? And attention, right? And attention we know is the currency of the universe. Nothing moves without attention. This whole experience of the universe was brought into being from attention. Attention is the first reason of whether you want to call it the Big Bang, the creation, and it doesn't matter. It was attention. And some will be overwhelmed to the point they often operate under duress. So let me move along here. Uh, Larry Rosen, and again, and this is in the research, uh, and, I, and I have to say that this this paper was published five years ago, and that's why it's like right almost at the precipice of what we're seeing now. You know, saying it was almost like a precursor, like all of these SMEs, these these subject subject matter experts that are in this paper. And I, I really highly suggest you go back and read this paper because it's really going to lay a good foundation because it's a I mean, they credit this Pew Research people as being some of the premier research people on the planet. Right. So go and look and see what they talk about. Because they often tell you what they're going to do or what's coming. It's up to you to go and find the information and, and to have critical thinking instead of just taking whatever they going to tell you. So this guy, Larry Rosen, a professor emeritus of psychology at California State University, Dominguez Hills, OK, known as international, known as an international expert on technology and its impacts on well-being, wrote one Quote, one, we continue to spend more time connecting electronically rather than to face to face, which lacks essential cues for understanding Two, we also continue to attempt to multitask, even though it harms performance. Three, we insist on using LED based devices close to our eyes right up to bedtime, even though it negative negatively impacts sleep and our brains nightly needs for synaptic rejuvenation, harming our ability to retain information. Basically, that last part, when he's talking about the synaptic rejuvenation, is what he's saying is the if you've ever heard of you learn better when you go to sleep, that's what he's talking about. Because what's happening is your neurons are pretty much solidifying what and creating new neural pathways based off of what you learned from that day. And when you're not able to have that synaptic rejuvenation, that means you're the nerve endings from the neurons and the dendrites, they they're they start to fry. They don't get their proper um, uh, they whatever they call that thing, the the sheathing, the myelin sheath and all that. It doesn't properly formed to connect to the next neuron to make that connection of what you were learning so then something that 
you probably been doing all day, if you're doing training or even if you're practicing something, it's not solidifying as it could be if you were shutting off those devices two hours before you went to sleep. You see what I'm saying? So that's what he's talking about there. So I hope that that makes sense. So Susan Price, she's the lead expert strategist at USAA, uh, commented, mental health problems are rising and workplace productivity is falling. The tendency to engage with digital content and people not present instead of people in our immediate presence is growing. A small screen trance has become an acceptable interpersonal norm in the workplace. Culturally induced attention deficit behavior has already reached staggering proportions and is still rising. The many serotonin payoffs we get when connecting in this way are mildly, insidiously addictive and are squeezing out e the more uneven, effortful, problematic, real social connections we need for true productivity and intimacy. She's Susan Price is speaking about work at home basically versus working in person, how much more productivity you get, how much more efficient it is in person than it is from working at home or working via Zoom or whatever the case may be. And, they, you know, there's other people, other SMEs in the industry, uh, futurist, a publisher, editor in chief of work fortunes, you know, so on and so on. Uh, but there was one here. I'm not going to read all these. And, I, and again, I highly suggest I'm going to post it. You know, I'm going to give you the link to it. You know, I don't make this stuff up. You know, this is the experts in the field saying all this stuff. Pew did the research and went into these people and said, hey, what's, what do you all think is going on? What, what, what's, what's happening based on your work? And this is what they're reporting, you know. An anonymous digital strategy director for major U.S. professional association wrote devices, quote, devices will lead to more social alienation, increased depression and less fit people because it's still relatively new. Its dangers are not well understood yet. You know, and another anonymous professor wrote in. Uh, and this will I think, yeah, this will be the last one I read here. Uh, for the duress remember this is they're talking about being under duress from technology while there are many positive aspects to more digital collect uh, digitally connected life i find that it's very difficult to find to keep up with the volume of spaces where one must go i spend too much time answering emails communicating in digital spaces and just trying to keep up this causes a significant amount of stress and a lack of deliberate, thoughtful approach to information sharing. One cannot keep up with personal and professional email accounts, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all the rest. Truly, it's just too much. And that's what, you know, he said. And he's probably, he's absolutely right. You know? So, and that's what living under duress from technology is. And I hope that's kind of, you know, driving home that the fact that the every day we wake up and we do this nonsense, we're under duress because what happens when you're, you know, when you're under duress, you lose sight of what real value is, right? 
And when we're under duress, we tend not to pay attention to the things that matter, you know, such as um, uh, the way we behave and treat others and each other, especially in our interpersonal relationships, our children, our workspace and all that thing. And this kind of drives me to the real, you know, one of the points that I wanted to make tonight. And because it's, it's nighttime when I'm recording this particular episode uh wanted to make on this is what's happening here is an apocalypse of the heart and that's why i title this episode heart don't stand a chance under duress because being under duress you really can't see what their true nature of what's going on in this time. And to be honest, you know, as the speaker said, when I heard this particular phrase, he said, the apocalypse that is happening right now is of the heart. I believe it was, I believe it was Bobby Hammond that said that one of them old master teachers said that. And, but it stuck with me. And this is where being under duress came to my mind. And I just wrote down so much notes. As soon as I heard it, I was like, that's it. That's it right there. The apocalypse that is happening right now is of the heart. And what that means is your deeds are what you're being judged by. And it's not no karma. It's immediate judgment. So cause and effect. What you do has an effect it has a cause and that cause has an effect and that effect has a cause it's a circle it's not point a to point b it's a circle because a cause can can be an effect at the same time an effect can be a cause and that's immediate judgment you see what i'm saying if you walk up to someone and you punch them in the face you ain't got to worry about waiting for karma to come in play because karma don't exist it's immediate cause and if we don't live under a karmic system we live under cause and effect you miss a step you fall as simple as that you ain't gotta wait you ain't gonna miss a step and, fl- and float in the air until you know whatever would be behind karma to say all right you know you you missed this step so here's your penance no no here's your you know you miss the step, you fall. That's what we live under. We live under cause and effect. You see what I'm saying? And being the apocalypse of the heart, you have to think with your heart, especially. And that's the I really do think that's the only way we're going to get ourselves and heal ourselves from this duress and get up from under this fear that the rest causes. Because that's his driving force. That's the core of the rest. It's a fear of something, a fear of the threat, a fear of the violence, a fear of the the constraints or restrictions or whatever else they might try to do to you because you don't want to play their game. And this is for anyone. This is the government. This is a spouse. This is a job. This is anything. This might even be yourself. You might even be putting yourself under duress. That happens a lot. It's called self-sabotage. You know what I'm saying? And I want to go back to something that I said a second ago 
you know, you know, when we're under duress, we tend not to pay attention to the things that matter, such as like our behavior and the way we treat others. And that brings out, you know, one of the things is real value in that, because that's the real value, the way you control yourself and the way you treat the world and the people in it and the environment around you. Those are things that promote value. You know what I'm saying? And in order in another, I think the next step, once you understand that you have to think with your heart and feel with your mind is the next step is understanding what is value. And value really comes down to what you can do without. Not so much about how much material you can amass, but what you can do. Can you be a better person and be that guy, be that woman without that bag or shoes or that car or that fancy house? Who are you without those things? Because that directly impacts how you treat yourself, how you treat others, so on and so forth. So the value comes from how you can function with less than these people that's putting you under duress or is telling you to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is your content level without those things of the world? What Or how content can you be with your own life without listening to threats of, oh, you need to do this or you're not going to be liked or you need to follow this or you need to do what I say here. You need to go buy your energy from here. You need to buy your produce from here or you're not going to be able to eat. Can you do without their material and can you build from your own? Because that's where the value is. You know, how can you function with less than what these people are telling us to have? So, again, the heart doesn't stand a chance under the rest because you can't think properly. You can't feel properly when you're under duress. You lose sight of what real value is. You know, and uh, I, I really do hope that. Um, this episode made sense because it really just was uh, off the top of my head and the thing that I really was thinking about a lot and it really came to a head when I heard that statement when I was you know listening to the video uh the apocalypse that is happening right now is of the heart and it just hit it like I said it just hit me and the heart doesn't stand a chance under duress and that's the thing that we need the most to navigate these realities and to be the best being you can be is your heart and you need to think with your heart and feel and I keep saying it think with your heart and feel with your mind you know what I'm saying and uh and and another way to view that is you know in relationships I spoke about this before on previous episodes but when you're in a relationship and you know your woman becomes the mouthpiece of the relationship and you become the feeler you see this a lot in 
you know, grandparents where the grandpa is real chill and laid back. He's the, you know, the one that's rolling around on the floor with the children because men, you know, typically are the thinkers, the logical ones. But he has reached a level of adapthood or adulthood because that's where the word adult comes from. It comes from adapt, uh, adapt, I'm sorry. And he's adapted to the point where he now, the thinker now is the feeler. So his emotional intelligence is, is looming. And now the feeler becomes the thinker. That's the other side of emotional intelligence. You see, and those things are merged and married. And once you reach that level, and that's the level that you have to get to, to beat this thing, or you will not win. And it's, it, it, unfortunately, you have that ability to reach that point, but you have to do the work, right? We have to do the work. And that's my message for this episode. You know, are you going to give your heart a chance in this and these against these forces of uh, technology? You know, these entities of these principalities of the earth, you know, these governments, these corporations and their degenerates that are developing these technologies that are going to directly change everything. That we know for not just jobs, there are the technology is already changing our behavior. I just read it on the Pew Research. You know, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm reading it directly from their mouths. But uh, yeah, with that, you know, I've gotten finally gotten that off of my mind and my and my heart and my mind. And uh, I leave that with you all. I thank you so much for listening to this episode. I thank you for being patient. You know, this stuff takes a, it's a burden sometimes, you know, sometimes I need to take a little step away, but I'm, like I said, I'm glad I'm back. And before I go, you know, I don't just want to throw out, you know, oh, you know, and just kind of talk at you. I kind of want to give some ways to, to combat these things, you know, because the weapon they're using is fear. You know, and that leads that breeds in the cousins and, you know, all the doubt and the procrastination and blah, blah, blah. You know, and, you know, you got a lot of people who run to the exoteric. You know, the religions and they 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 fall in this ex this external wheelhouse of religion, which is the morality of it. And they think that's all there is to it. You know, they're not actually practicing the esoteric. So that's the spiritual component. That's your deeper knowledge. You know, people are getting caught up in the morality, which is dynamic. It's going to change from situation to situation. This is why a lot of people have so much trouble. You know, when they're following these things, it doesn't it, it doesn't line up. All the time and where they at in their lives. And they, and they relapse and things, they go back to what they were doing and then they come back and it's, it's a, always an ebb and flow because they're focused on the exoteric, the external, the material, the morality of it. 
they're not focused in learning the gnosis, the actual esoteric part of it, because there's a difference. Morality is exoteric. It's how you deal with the environment. Esoteric is the internal portion, the portion that's going to give you the most power. The exoteric deals with ego. The esoteric deals with soul. And the esoteric practices are as follows. The esoteric portion of Christianity is Gnosticism. The esoteric portion of Islam is Sufism. The esoteric portion of uh, Judaism is Kabbalah. So then when you're dealing with the exoteric, the morality piece, that's when you're a Christian. That's when you're uh, practicing Judaism. And that's when you're an Islam or or a Catholic. You're a Muslim or Catholic or Christian. Those and then I already gave you the esoteric backgrounds. The real knowledge of those things are the Kabbalistic, the Gnosis, the Sufism. You see what I'm saying? So all that aside, one of the things, a couple of things that could help if you are serious about trying to get yourself at least a little bit out of the thumb of duress is you can journal, you can take walks, go hiking. That's a big thing I've been doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I've actually been playing disc golf, too. There's a little disc golf course around my house, and um, it's it's like embedded into the woods, and it's amazing. I come out of there feeling so refreshed. It ain't even about the disc golf. I just love being in the nature. Meditation is another uh, tool to your disposal. And breath work. The spirit work, because that's what spirit means. It means breath. That spirit being able to inhale and exhale in a way that will alleviate the stresses in your life. And it's important to to really work on that breath work because the body does produce water when you breathe in the air. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole there. But, yeah, so you have journaling, taking a walk, meditation, breath work. Those are things that's going to help you, you know, get to that point where you can think with your heart and feel with your mind. You know, so as again, as I was saying, thank you so much uh, for bearing with me on the first episode back of 2023. Be safe. Oh, what's up with you? Ain't nothing back here but the post roll. And you know what that means. Thank you for listening to the episode. Please like, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to the episode. Uh, there's a 
donation link if you feel inclined to do so. And there's also uh, a social media page. There's an Instagram page for Frankly Speaking Podcast. You can find it just by typing it in Google or typing it in um, Instagram at underscore Frankly Speaking Podcast. And I hope to make contact and engage with you there. And with that, thank you so much. Peace.